Welcome to your home for all things trending in sports. The tap in for Tiger. We thought we'd never see it. And I don't believe he thought either. Tour championship winner, Tiger Woods, a winner again. From golf to NASCAR and everything in between, it's time for the Ben and Ben Show, live on Com Radio. Sorely up to the line of scrimmage. In the gun. Takes it. Back to pass. Blitz coming. In the end zone. Throws. Got it. Touchdown. Penn State. Jawan Johnson and the Nittany Lions at the wire win it. Now for your co-hosts, Ben Jenkins and Ben Faree. Hello and welcome in to our Innovation Park studios. I'm Ben Free, joined with Ben Jenkins for the Ben and Ben Show. And Ben, we made it to November. It is November 1st. Halloween was yesterday. Did you go trick-or-treating at all? I didn't. I thought about it. I wished I, I, wish I did. Um, unfortunately, a little bit too much work to do uh, in, in the Ben Jenkins life. And so had to skip out on the trick-or-treating. Maybe we'll get them next year. So, Ben, before we get into sports, which is what we normally talk about, very controversial subject here. So... November 1st, a lot of people start celebrating Christmas at this point. Are you one of the people who skips over Thanksgiving, goes right to the Christmas music? Or do you enjoy think the whole Thanksgiving? Well, um, absolutely not, is pretty much all this comes down to. Um, you, I'm sure you're in the same boat as me. I grew up an offensive lineman um, all throughout high school, middle school, all that sort of thing. There's nothing I love more than a beautiful Thanksgiving dinner for an offensive lineman. You can't beat it. I love it. Still love it to this day. Uh, do you fall in that same boat? Oh, absolutely. Thanksgiving is the best holiday. I mean, you have the three Fs, Ben. Football, food, family. In that order of importance. Football oh, wow. first, food second, family third. Um, but now we'll, we'll switch it up to sports. Yeah, let's do that before we get in trouble. <laughs> Penn State, Iowa last week. Um, Penn State actually won. Ben, you called the game. Um, what did you see from up in the booth? Well, it was it was a great game uh, to call. Um, talk about a talk about a def- defensive stand from Penn State. Uh, there were multiple times where I well, okay, here it goes. You know, Penn State's gonna drop another one like they drop every game, um, but they held in there. Uh, Nick Scott, a massive interception um, with a few minutes left in that game on the goal line. Not really sure what happened with Nate Stanley there. I'm sure in the Iowa world, um, they're just as upset as Penn State fans usually are. About that call, you have it first and goal in the three um, to go ahead, and you throw the ball after marching down the field running it. Not sure what happened there. Um, but for Penn State, they'll take it any way they can get it. You escape there with a six-point win, and, and you go to you go to the big house. Yeah, I mean, Penn State did what they had to do. I picked Iowa to win that game. I thought Iowa was going to pull it out. Um, they did what they needed to do. Um, I think it shows that this team still does have some fight left in them. Um, I was – a little worried that they were just going to totally collapse and not win a game the rest of the season or something stupid. Um, but they put it together. They're going to keep fighting. And actually, a lot of people think it's going to be a really close game in the big house this week. Um, so you got to be a little worried about Trace McSorley's health. Um, I think his knee is a big issue. Not that Tommy Stevens is not capable of running the offense, but he's not Trace McSorley at the end of the day. Um, so I think that's a bit of an issue heading into Michigan. Go ahead, Ben. Another thing to watch, too, is Juwan Johnson. I know he's dropped a lot of passes this year, and he hasn't really been the guy that everybody expected the, the first-round draft pick hype 
around him. That hasn't lived up to be what it was in in the preseason, but uh, he hardly played last week against Iowa, and um, you know that can be tough for Penn State moving forward against against the fifth ranked team in the in the country. Um, so he should hopefully. He needs to be healthy for this game, um, but Penn State getting we're getting news tonight that uh, Jahan Dotson has been has had his red shirt pulled, um, so the true freshman from Nazareth will be on the field now for the rest of the season. So don't have to worry about that four game limit. He was pretty good um, in the Iowa game in a small sample size. Had two big catches, I think, one to move the sticks on a third down, um, and then had had a couple catches against Indiana a few weeks ago as well. So good sign for Penn State getting some young players in there and look for him to build on things moving forward. He could be a real weapon for this offense. Now, Ben, the first college football playoff rankings came out on Tuesday night. Um, how'd they do? Well, it's the first rankings of the year. Um, they don't really mean that much. People are going to jump and people are going to drop. UCF fans will be mad forever. Um, they're the first rankings of the year. You, you've got the, the top is very strong. Um, and from there down, it's a big jumble, a lot of which I think is going to get cleared up this week. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this week, man. I completely agree with you. Um, huge week in college football. Absolutely massive week in college football. Um, just after last week, it was kind of a down week, I would say, in the college football world. Um, not too many big matchups between big teams. But this week, it has everything. Playoff implications. It has college football playoff implications. So let's go down, break down some of these games, Ben. Um Starting it off tomorrow night, Pitt going to Virginia, and people are probably thinking, why do you care about Pitt going to Virginia? Why do we care, Ben? Well, this is partially the race to win uh, their division in the ACC in the Coastal. Uh, it's such a down year for the conference that Virginia right now is in the driver's seat. They beat Pitt. They beat a few more teams down the stretch, and then the Commonwealth Cup against Virginia Tech, which they've won one time in the last 20 years. Um, they win that, and they go to the ACC title game to – you know, sadly for them, play Clemson. So this is a big game moving forward for that conference. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Ben. Um, and Pitt, they've been known to pull off some big upsets in the past couple of years. So Friday night in Virginia, who knows? Now, Ben, SEC battle, probably my favorite game of the week this week. Number six, Georgia, at number nine, Kentucky. I am a huge Kentucky fanboy this year. <laughs> um, and I know we didn't get the predictions yet, but Kentucky is going to win this game. Kentucky will beat Georgia at home. Ooh. I am huge on Kentucky. This will be a great game. Georgia coming off that game against Florida. They will be rusty. Physical game against the Gators. Physical rivalry match. They'll be a little slow to start. Kentucky will pounce, and Kentucky will win this game and represent the SEC in the SEC championship game. I, I'm glad you feel that way because I certainly don't. Um, I'd like to see it. That's a Cinderella story everybody likes to see, but now this Georgia team is way too talented, um, and they've got something to prove, and I think they will. Um, but jumping from that one, Ben, um, we head to the Big 12, number 13, West Virginia, at number 17, Texas. Uh, this is another one of those key matchups where the winner of this one probably goes to that championship game. Yeah, I mean, most likely winner goes to the Big Ten championship. And for West Virginia, this game still has playoff implications. I think people forget that West Virginia only has one loss on the season. Um, if West Virginia wins out, wins a Big Ten championship, I mean – they're right in that college football playoff conversation, especially if Notre Dame drops a game in the coming weeks. Um, I mean, I, can't, I don't think you can count out a one-loss West Virginia team from the college football playoff. So, huge Big 12 game, huge national game. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what Texas does in another big game. Jump from that one to the Big 10. Uh, number 14, Penn State at number 5, Michigan. Certainly the one, the game everybody around here is talking about. Uh, 
probably one of the top three games nationally that everybody's talking about. Um, you know, Michigan, they need to get out of here without the upset against a Penn State team that we certainly know can do that. Yeah, um, I don't know if they will this week, though, is the thing. Um, I think Michigan is all going to be about avoiding the upset. We know their defense. Um, it's just will Penn State be able to score on them? Will Penn State be able to move the ball? Will Penn State be able to sustain drives? And I don't think they're going to be able to do that against this Michigan defense. Um, I think this Michigan team is for real. I think they are the best team in the Big Ten. Um, I, I don't think Penn State has enough, especially on the road, to beat this Michigan team. All right. Another another kind of Big Ten game hosted by a Big Ten team. We have the fourth-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish headed to Sleepy Ryan Field to take on the Northwestern Wildcats, Ben. This game has trap game written all over it. Yeah, it, it. I didn't think a couple weeks ago that we'd be talking about Northwestern in this situation. I mean, Northwestern is on top of the Big Ten West. They control their own destiny. They will probably, at this point, I think it's most likely that they represent the Big Ten in that Big Ten championship game. So <laughs> this is really interesting for them, too, because they're not in playoff contention. They're not. They're going to put it all on the line for this game. It's not a Big Ten game. If they lose this game, it doesn't matter. So I think they're going to pull every trick out of the bag in this game. It should be really interesting to see what they do against this Notre Dame team. And I'm going to put out my hot take of the show here. Notre Dame wins this – or, excuse me, wow. Northwestern wins this game. They hold up on – in a game which should be largely a Notre Dame crowd, all things like that. It's a night game. Um, Northwestern comes out of there. They win this game. And if it wasn't for a horrible September with losses to – to Akron and, and schools like that, what could have been for these Wildcats. And it's crazy that Northwestern always seems like that happens. Yeah. They always start awful in September, and then they just pour it on at the end of the season. I saw a stat today on Twitter. I believe they're 12-1 and one in their last 13 Big Ten games, I think was the stat I saw. It's unreal. Which is crazy. Absolutely. Uh, th- this Northwestern team is actually for real. I think. I think it will be a really close game. I think Notre Dame does get it done, though. I don't think Northwestern. They weren't too impressive last week against that against Wisconsin. I mean, they found a way to win, but it took three fumbles from Wisconsin in order for that to happen. Um, now, Ben, back to the SEC, a game that needs no explanation. It feels like it's five, six years ago that we're talking about a number one Alabama going to LSU, third-ranked Tigers. Ben, this matchup is going to be insane. Yeah, you said no explanation needed, and, and I don't think I have to give one. Um, Alabama does win, however. It's close, but they win. Yeah, I think Alabama wins, too. I think I think they covered the spread though. I think it was was it 14 point Alabama favorites was the last I saw, which is crazy that yeah, a lot that's of how points. much they're favored. But I think LSU covers that, but I think Alabama does win this game. Now another upset alert here: number seven Oklahoma going to Texas Tech. This is in the eight o'clock time slot. No one's gonna be paying attention to this game because Alabama LSU is going to be happening. Um, and Oklahoma they need to stay perfect the rest of the season. They cannot lose. Um, so Ben, will they be able to get it done? on the road at Texas Tech. I think so, but this has the makings of an offensive shootout. Um, so you don't really know what's going to happen. Either team could come out on top. Um, I like Oklahoma. I just think that they are the better football team, and I think they get it done. All right, we are going to go on our first commercial break quickly. When we come back, we're going to discuss our top six in college football, the NFL, baseball, and more. Now back to the Ben and Ben Show on Com Radio.
Welcome back to the Ben and Ben Show, live here on Penn State's Com Radio. Hanging out on another Thursday night out here at Innovation Park. Ben Jenkins, Ben Free here. We talk college football to begin. Now let's switch gears to the professional level. The NFL, we're halfway done, Ben. And let's get some takes on this one. Who's your most surprising team other than the Rams? We're going to ignore them. Everybody knows how incredible they've been. Um, let's talk about some more teams. Who's been the worst team, in your opinion, so far this year? I don't know if I'd say the worst, but more my most disappointed in would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they're a team that came into the season. There's a lot of hype around this team. Everyone thought that this would finally be the year that they put it all together, that they become one of the best teams in the NFL, challenge the Patriots, return that AFC Championship game, possibly even make a run to the Super Bowl. Um, and they have not done that at all. This team is a mess right now. They even lost in their home away from home in London this past week, which they never lose in London. That is their home. Um, so, I mean, on paper they look great. Didn't translate to the field. They've just been a mess, Ben. Yeah. Now, how about your good surprise of the year? We've heard the bad. Let's hear the good. Well, for me, the Redskins. I feel like no one's talking about the Washington Redskins. They are five and two on the season. Five and two Redskins. Did anyone think the Redskins would be five and two at this point? Give me your uh, hot take moving forward. You think they win the NFC East? No. Who I, wins it? I think the Eagles win the NFC Wow, coming um, on strong. The only reason I say that is the Redskins have a really tough stretch coming up ahead of them in the season. Um, they have multiple road games coming up. I'm pulling it up right here. They travel to the Buccaneers. Or no, wait, where are we at? They travel to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, take on the Falcons, travel, and then they're home for the Buccaneers. They get the Texans, the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. It's three divisional games in three weeks. That's a tough schedule. I think the Eagles will figure it out, and they will win the NFC East again. You had some good picks there, and I kind of struggled to find my teams that were, were kind of different than that. Uh, for my for my bad team, though, I, I went with the 49ers, and and I hate to say it because it's not their fault. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with, what was that, an ACL? Um, goes down, tough, just a tough way, way for them to start their season. Now I think they're on their third-string quarterback. Now uh, somebody I've never heard of, so – just a tough year for them. After winning, what, seven in a row to end last year, yeah. they were way up there, everybody gunning for the Niners to be back to the way they were when Hardball was there. Um, it just didn't happen, and, and that's too bad because, you know, injuries, you can't you can't avoid that. You can't change it. It's nothing nobody did. Uh, that's just kind of the way the coin flips sometimes. Yeah, it's a real shame for the 49ers. I will say, though, Greg Kittle, their tight end, he has been very good, very profitable on my fantasy team <laughs> so as long as he keeps going and i stay top of the league we are good uh, but ben who's been your good team now of the year well let's go to the nfc north for this one and i'm gonna go with the chicago bears um they're tied with the vikings right now at four and three in that division um green bay sitting one win back at three and three um and then the, the lions are right there too at three and four everybody's really close in this division but um the bears finally have a quarterback they finally have somebody who can throw the pigskin around. Uh, Mitch Trubisky has been very good for them this year. Um, they've been good at home, 3-1, and one, as opposed to 1-2 and two on the road. Um, this is just a decent team, and I don't know if they make that jump this year, um, but in the coming years, you know, they're going to be the team to look out for. They get Buffalo um, for their next game, which is an easy win. Um, you have some divisional matchups. You go to New York to play the Giants. Um, then you finish the year at the Niners, who I just talked about as my bad team, um, and then at the Vikings for a divisional matchup. So definitely doable. They have a game in there with the Rams that they're probably going to lose. But other than that, 
this is a fairly favorable schedule moving forward. Well, and certainly I think something that's really overlooked in the NFL, especially these days, is defenses. And they have a very good defense. Yeah. Um, that Khalil Mack trade has really benefited them this year. So I think certainly they could be a playoff team this year. I, I mean, especially the way the NFC North's been. I mean, especially – and if we look five years into the future, there's not going to be an Aaron Rodgers in that division. Five years and you think he's done? Yeah. Next five years he'll be done. Wow. Okay. He's already having health issues. I, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has too much left on the clock. But if you look, I mean, the Packers are going to really struggle once Aaron Rodgers goes down. I mean, they don't have a defense. Without Aaron Rodgers, they won't have an offense. Um, so that's an issue. Very true. So, Ben, we'll throw it over to the MLB, which is done. Yeah, and last week was the first time we mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we overlooked the 162-game season and then the playoffs. It's easy to do. It's easy really to easy to do. I mean, I'm not the biggest MLB guy in the world. Um, but the Red Sox won. Yay, I guess. Um, <laughs> but the real thing I saw was Boston has 11 – the city of Boston, so the Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, Red Sox, have 11 championships since 2001. 11. That's unbelievable. I saw um, a picture on Twitter, I think it was. You know, that's where we get most of our news. Um, yeah. And it, it was a 16-year-old boy. And – he had been to 11 championship parades in the 16 years he's been alive. I've seen, I think, one of my favorite teams win a championship, the Penguins, a few times. Uh, thank you for that, Pittsburgh. Other than that, I was fairly young when the Steelers won for the last time. Certainly not old enough to probably comprehend what was going on. It was in, like, 05, something like that. Um, so I was seven years old. I don't know. Um, so – you know, I haven't really had that in my life, and, and I, I don't think you have either. No, um, I've seen the Spurs win a few. Um, I'm kind of out there with the Spurs. I kind of bandwagon the Spurs, actually, <laughs> to be honest. Um, in 04, once they won their ch- championship with Timmy, Timmy Duncan at the helm there for a while, I was like, you know what? All my teams are awful, so I'm going to root for the Spurs. Um, <laughs> and since then, I got a few championships. I believe it was two since then. They Took down LeBron in the big three that one year. That was wonderful. Should have beat him another year, but then Ray Allen decided to make a corner three and it went very downhill from there. Um, but I saw a couple with the Spurs, but as far as the Jets, that's a long way off. <laughs> um, and then the Mets, too, that's even longer off, I think. So, um, yeah, no, I I wish the teams yeah. I like won 11 championships in the past since I was born. That'd be incredible. Let's just hope that kid is not an Alabama Crimson Tide fan because if he is, he may be one of the luckiest humans in sports. We're going to go to our second commercial break here on the Ben and Ben Show. Don't go anywhere. You're listening on Com Radio. Now back to the Ben and Ben Show with Ben Jenkins and Ben Faree live on Com Radio. Welcome back into the Ben and Ben Show here at Com Radio. We only have a few minutes remaining on this beautiful Thursday night in State College. Um, there are no beautiful November days in State College. Yeah, they're, they're all they're, they're done. They're done. <laughs> um, it will never get warm again. Um, but Ben, we only have a few more things to talk about. Um, one thing I wanted to at least mention tonight was Maryland football. Um, we try to stay very light on the show. Generally, we have a good time. Um, make a lot of jokes, but this is a very serious topic. I feel like we had to at least mention it. And I'd say, obviously, Maryland football program did not handle the situation well. Um, 
I'm curious to see what you think about this, Ben. Well, it's it's tough, and and any time that you talk about a player passing away, um, you want to separate football from that situation because that is infinitely more important than the game of football. Um, but no, they they certainly did not handle this the right way, in my opinion. Um, not only should there been a should there have been an investigation, which there was, but the football team should have had their thoughts put in as well. Yeah. Because these are people who have played with Jordan mm-hmm. for the f- past few years, um, who were friends with him, uh, roommates with him, did everything with him. And for them not to have a say in the outcome of this, um, especially with the way it happened. Now, if it, under, under different circumstances, I think that you don't necessarily put the team involved in that. But the way that this happened – those are grown men. Those are adults. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're 19 and up in age. They they know what's right and what's wrong, and they should have had an input on on this because they didn't. And then you had the whole walking out of meetings, and that just made the situation even more messier than sadly it already was. Yeah, and I saw once again on Twitter, I saw a picture. One of the players posted. I don't, I didn't see who. I don't remember who it was. Which player? Um, but it was a picture of them before game all huddled around, like, the paint um, in the end zone. They have, like, yeah. a little memorial for them. Um, and they're all huddled before that before game. And, like, the caption was, like, we do this every week. We play for him. And then you reinstate the coach after that happens. I was There's definitely a divide there. Um, it was dealt with now. So let's look at this in a broader situation because here at Penn State, we all know about the scandal yeah. in football programs. Um, we know what it can do for a program. Um I mean, I don't, I'm sure the NCAA is going to have something involved in this at some point. I mean, I don't know um, exactly what's going to happen. They've changed a lot since stuff has happened at Penn State. Right. Um, but let's just look at this as a broader thing. Like, What does this do to Maryland football? Because they're not exactly the biggest program in general like, at all to begin with. Yeah, and that's something, you know, you brought up Penn State rightfully so. Um, there's a massive support system here. Yeah. And, um, you know, people are, are going to have the back of the football program. And, and when things were settled, whether people out there agree with the way everything went down or not, um, it was settled and, and they advanced past that. Um, this is going to be a lot tougher for Maryland because y- you don't have that big of separation, mm-hmm. I guess, um, and you don't have as much of a backing. I mean, you're talking about a school with 600,000 alumni compared to a school like Maryland, who, yeah, they're in the Big Ten, they're a large school, but there isn't a school in the country that compares to that. Um, so it's going to be tough for them. It absolutely is going to be tough for them. Um, but you you kind of – you never forget. You just learn. You don't forget about Jordan. You don't forget about the situation. But you go out, you make new hires, um, you try to learn from what happened, you try to become better as people, as a program, as a university, um, and just grow. And, and I think that's all you can do. And you're going to take your losses. This is going to hurt the program. But um, in, in order to get back to a, a, a level of where you want to be, you're just going to have to accept those those hurts, that, that hurt and that, that loss. Yeah, I think the new coaching hire, whoever that decision is going to be, is going to be very, very important for this football program. I mean, here at Penn State, you mentioned the Big Support Network. Penn State has so much love for their football team. And even with that, the program was headed in the wrong direction. Yeah. And Bill O'Brien came in. There was a lot of strong leadership yeah. along with him that helped turn it around and helped fix it. And I think that's something that Maryland has to be really specific when they look at this coach. Not necessarily the coach that will get them the best results on the field, but someone who's going to come in, lead. The players need to step up, become leaders, 
and do the right thing. And I think this program will be fine, but it's going to take an effort from all around that program, but it starts with whoever they hire to become the next head coach. And Ben, I know you have a thought on that. Yeah, I, you're you're exactly right. It, it just it has to be a certain person. You can't just go out and make a hire. Um, and I know names are going to get thrown around, and you're going to have the same thing where who wants this job? You know yeah. what I mean? And that's going to be tough for them is to find somebody who – doesn't say, oh, well, Big Ten school, I'll just take the job. Um, you need to have the right person there. And I know um, the head coach at Navy, I'm not even going to attempt his name because I'll never be able to pronounce it correctly. Um, I know he's been somebody who said, oh, well, he'd be a great person to lead this Maryland team, and I think he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a situation where he's been at Navy since 2002. Um, is that somebody who's willing to take this on? Yeah, I mean, I 100% great guy from everything that I've heard about him. Also at a great program at Navy. Um, so, Ben, you know, I have a minute left here. What are you most excited for this week? Well, we'll finish it on a high note coming off of that. Um, for me, it's two things, Bama, LSU, and Penn State, Michigan, just because these two games, we're going to clear the top five. Yeah, We're going to settle the the pretenders from the teams who are legit here. Um, Bama, LSU, top three matchups, someone's going down. Penn State, Michigan, Penn State wins. Goodbye, Wolverines. Um, this is going to change the entire landscape of college football this year, and I know your game will also change it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to have two top five teams lose this week. My game of the week, Kentucky, Georgia. Let's go, Kentucky. And that's how we're going to end the show, with a go, Kentucky. Um, we'll be back here. Oh, no, we won't be back here next two week. Two weeks. It'll be two weeks. We have no show next week. Thanks for listening to the Ben and Ben Show here on Com Radio. We'll see you in two weeks.